This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 238, Client Spotlight, Christian Ward on Variable Paychecks to Permanent Lifetime Income. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. Some people, when you meet them, you just know they've got a deep soul. You know that whatever they say out of their mouth is coming from the depth of insight that's born from years of good times and bad times, in abundance and scarcity. You know that they take life with both hands, that they live their values to the full. I am confident that this describes my guest today. Christian Ward has been a client of mine for over a year or so, and he's become quickly one of my favorite people to talk to. He and I regularly engage in important conversations about what really matters in life. And really, when we're talking about money, money is a wonderful tool that seems to impact and touch all the really important things in life. Money is not necessarily by nature an important thing, but it certainly touches all of the really important things in one's life, family, values, legacy, that sort of thing. And he and I regularly get to talk about where money takes him and the sort of important conversations that he has and wants to have about his life. His background, his history with money was just so good, I couldn't keep it to myself. So I want to share that story with you today. He'll talk about how he found himself now with just 10 years to go before retirement, and how he became exquisitely focused on generating the best and biggest income possible with his finite amount of money that he could set aside on a variable income. And we talk about some creative financial strategies that would work for you or anybody in a similar circumstance that Christian found himself in. So if you're looking for a way to maximize your income and save with only a limited period of time left before you need that income to begin, this episode is for you. Also, if you make your living off of a variable, irregular paycheck, and if you're looking forward to a permanent, guaranteed lifetime income that could never run dry, you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. So who is Christian Ward? Christian is a seeker, a writer, a podcaster who happens to do real estate to make his living. He has lived in many parts of the country for the past 31 years, though he's called Ann Arbor, Michigan, his home. He is the podcast host of Interesting Humans, which is a deep dive into the mindset, philosophy, and achievements of people around us who have fascinating narratives to share. Christian's learned best money practices late in life, and so he says now he's playing catch-up. Christian is a client of Lake Growth Financial Services, and he says he is, quote, so glad he found Lake Growth and Bank on Yourself as his guiding money principle. Also, he says, I know how intrinsic money and life are intertwined. You cannot have a great life without having a great relationship with money, end quote. Well, Christian, thank you for that. And that's a great way to start this episode. So I won't make you guys wait any longer. Here's the incredible, I think, insightful conversation. You're going to learn a ton with Christian Ward. Christian, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me, Mark. Christian, I'm glad we had the chance to do this today. Thanks for spending some time and sharing with me and also our listeners a bit about you and your journey. One of the best parts of my work is I get to have such wonderful conversations with interesting humans like yourself. Uh, there's a little plug for your podcast. We'll get to that yeah, at the end. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's a great title of your podcast. But before we get to that, tell us about Christian. Tell me a bit about how you found money as a child and specifically how you earned your first dollar. What I remember, Mark, is when I was maybe 10, um, we lived next to a producer and he asked me to be in a commercial for... I think they were making a commercial for a union or a car company. And we went out. I, it was only because I fit the the model of what they were looking for. They were looking for a boy and there was an actor who played a father and a mother and I think a sister. And we went, we lived in Maryland and we drove to Virginia and we went to this house and they filmed us. And it was quite a long day and it was a lot of fun. And at the end of it, I think they handed me a check for like $100 or something. And it was the most money I had ever seen in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, the backstory to the funny thing is, is that I got a, my mom got a message from him or he came over and said that the lab actually ruined the film or something. They had an issue. So we actually had to go back out and do it again, do the commercial again. And I don't think I was paid a second time, to be honest with you, but yeah, that, that check, what I remember was a hundred or $150. It was more money than almost anyone my age was getting other than, you know, we would go and collect the days of glass bottles. So there was some construction near us. So we would go and collect bottles at the construction site. In fact, there were some apartments being built. My friend and I would walk at the end of the day, we'd walk through the structure of the, of this apartment complex being built and collect these bottles. And so you know, I would maybe make $15, $16 collecting bottles around then. It was kind of catch as catch can, right? You, mm-hmm. um, I didn't actually hold a job until I was 15. So up until that point, whatever money I got was pretty much on my own, finding bottles, collecting bottles, or this home run was this TV commercial. And to be honest, I have never seen the commercial. I don't know if it ever aired. So my acting career was derailed. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Well, that's the first time after asking that question, I've heard that answer of uh, the (laughs) childhood actor. I had no idea. That's great, Christian. Um, And so you've been on and off throughout your life. I assume you've, you've had other roles where maybe you've been on a salary and others where you've been on commission. Now you're on commission. Now Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about your work today and tell us a bit about how you handle the the ups and downs of commission living? Yeah, thanks for that question, Mark. I I am a realtor in Ann Arbor and uh, I am paid when a transaction actually closes. You cannot always count on a regular paycheck. Sometimes there are times to make hay when times are good. And there are times when there are, there's no money coming in and it, it isn't because there is an effort. It's because, well, in our current real estate market, it's uh, low supply and high demand. So it's, it's a challenge. So one of the things that I, I mentioned before is that as a realtor, when you start out, you spend initially what most people do is they spend a good bit of time learning the craft of real estate. And 
that is entirely separate from learning the business of real estate. And I learned, it took me a couple of times, but I learned that come April when I didn't have enough money set aside to pay our state and federal income taxes, I learned fairly quickly that I needed to pay as much attention to the business of real estate as I did the craft of real estate. And following the profit first model, uh, I have learned to set aside a portion of every check to cover my uh, obligations in terms of federal and state taxes, as well as setting, have enough money to come April if those estimates were off that I have funds available. And I tell you, it is it is one of the most important things, Mark, in order to sleep at night, knowing that my obligations are covered. And, and while I am more successful now and the paychecks are more regular than they were when I started, it still is always a concern to be smart about the business of real estate. It's, I own a business like, a, like someone who owns a store or someone who's a coach or who is a certified financial planner. I own a business. That is true. You and I met through a mutual acquaintance and a, a mentor of mm -hmm. yours and a, a mm -hmm. real colleague friend uh, of ours together. What was it that you were looking for and why did you decide to invest the time to, to talk with me? If you remember those days. I am just dangerous enough, Mark, to know what I don't know. And I have in this, this whole journey, again, it, it, there are these parallel journeys of learning the craft of real estate, becoming a better realtor, more effective, looking for, you know, best practices in terms of being a realtor. I also am the same regarding becoming more sophisticated with the business side and quite honestly, with money. Again, I'm dangerous enough to know what I don't know. And that was my big concern has always been, what is it that I'm missing? What, what will help me become more savvy financially? Who can I rely on as a, as a mentor in order to help me grow, uh, become more peaceful actually regarding money? It's a, I think it's a big deal. And I think a lot of people shy away from really understanding money. And I realized growing up, I mean, I barely had two pennies to pinch almost my entire life. I was always living paycheck to paycheck. And I had circumstances in my life where I would receive fat commission checks and spend all of it and then have nothing. It makes life very difficult to live. So I was enamored of your, your approach, your ability to explain things, which had been bewildering to me in the past. And you've done quite a bit with educating yourself. I've been so impressed over the uh, time that we've known each other, Christian, in how you pour yourself, your heart and your mind into improving yourself. One of the things I'm really impressed by with you is that you seem to want to make yourself just a little bit better every single day. You know, just case in point, uh, you're a lifelong, long distance runner. If I if I recall, mm -hmm. can you maybe share just one accolade of your running history or your running career? <laughs> well, I, I think the, the, the chief thing is that I'm still a runner. Well, I'll share this. So in 2011, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer and it was partly because of my awareness around my body that it was discovered. And long story short, they took out my left kidney and found a nice fist-sized tumor sitting on top of it. Mm. 
And, but that's how, what they do, they just take it out. So I was running eight weeks later, actually four weeks later, I was running and it took me a while to get back up. My doctor said that because of my attention to detail in terms of my health and fitness, I was a recovery machine. And that is actually one of the best compliments I've ever, ever received. Running has been central to my entire life, good times, bad times, in between times, the births of my daughters, the divorces I've gone through, losing jobs, running has always been there and it, it has served me well, that commitment to health and fitness. And there's so many parallels with our life and a long distance run. You know, it's not a short sprint, is it? Part of the concern that you brought to me when we first spoke was, Mark, I'm in good health. Uh, I've been through a few curveballs in my health history, but I expect, and I agree with you, Christian, based on your health now today, that you're probably going to be running for decades to come. Would you mind telling me and the audience sort of a bit about what was important about planning for a long life, financially speaking, to you? I was my father's caretaker when he was diagnosed with cancer and was dying. He was 88. And he told me that he had enough money until he was 90, he was 88. And then it was going to be gone. And my hope and my intention is ideally to live another 40 years. I'm 62. I do not want to be reliant on my daughters to take care of me. I feel actually the opposite. I'd like to leave something for them. And so my belief is that taking the long view, not only with health, but with finances that I need to, I want to live comfortably, not extravagantly, but to live comfortably and to prepare for those times as I wind down this chapter on this earth, I want to make sure that I'm able to do as much as I can. And actually, like I said, I'd like to leave something um, for my children. And I think there are so many people, Mark, I don't know what exactly what the figures are, but most people don't have enough set aside in order to live the length they want to live. And so they're going to be relying on somebody. I don't like that idea of not having control over my life, being beholden to, you know, I don't want to get stuck in a home. Who knows what the government will pay for at that time. I like the idea of being more self-reliant and self-directed. And I but, don't want to be a burden to my children right, either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're saying things that I hear over and over again. And part of the the rationale for me inviting you on our podcast was to sort of have an open discussion about this because Christian, you're thinking this, I'm thinking this. How many other people listening to this podcast have mm -hmm. the same concern about not wanting to be a burden, mm -hmm. not wanting to outlive their savings? Just to give our audience some context, uh, one of the one of the tools that we specialize in at our firm is using a modernized form of whole life insurance to save mm -hmm. and to prepare for retirement income and big purchases. And of course, life insurance is a legacy product, so you can leave a legacy tax-free. That's all great. Here was some of the conversations Christian and I were having as we were discussing some of what you and I just brought up there again, Christian. One, you didn't want to outlive your money. Two, you didn't want to be a burden to those around you or to uh, outside people. And, and with the health history background that you did have you know, from a few years ago, the, the surgery and the cancer that you survived, mm -hmm. Uh, it made it difficult to get life insurance just mm -hmm. due to obvious reasons there. 
So we had to kind of get a little creative, which I always love. I consider it a fun challenge. So what you and I worked on together was using a, what's called a flexible premium annuity. This is a, and for our listeners, uh, just to clue you guys in a little bit, it's, it allows you to dump in any amount you want, small lump sums, monthly amounts, irregular amounts. So when you've got a nice commission check, you can dump that in. Or if you go a few months and it's a little dry in the business, you don't have to put a penny into the annuity. Uh, and so this annuity then grows and accumulates over a few years with no insurance expenses. You don't have to go through medical underwriting to get this product. And then at a certain point, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, your intention is to stop funding the annuity, retire, let's say in say 10 years, let's say. And then now you've got this big bucket of money that can transform into a permanent paycheck that'll last the rest of your lifetime. Whether you live five years, 30 years, 50 years into the future, uh, it's a permanent stream of uninterrupted cash that will last as long as you do. Even if you ran out of money, you'd never run out of that income. Uh, so that's, I'm off my little soapbox there, but I wanted to give our audience some context as to what you and I worked on together. Since we were able to find a, a policy and approve a whole life policy for you, but really the cornerstone of our financial work together was pouring money into this very unique, flexible premium annuity. So is there anything I misunderstood there or you'd like to clarify or, or say to add to that, Christian? Well, I'd only like to say is, is that these, as you were able to educate me from the first time we met and then when we started working together, that the whole silo of whole life and annuities has a stigma attached that people think it's, as you would say, the old world annuities and, and devices. And what opened my eyes, Mark, is um, a conversation I actually had with a former, the former broker who handled my money at a, at a big house. And right prior to, right prior to COVID, January of 2020, I had a conversation with him where I expressed my concern about what the market was going to do as a result of COVID. And he said, don't worry about it. You're fine. All I wanted to do was take profits off the board, park it in cash, just to see what happened and then come back. I wasn't going to pull out. I wasn't going to cut back our, our positions. I only wanted to take the profits we had had since we had had a good run up for several years, set them aside to see what happened and jump back in. And he said, nothing will happen. Well, sure enough, there's a 30% drop. Yeah. And mm -hmm. when I talked to him later and said, yeah, well, what about that? And he goes, oh, that was a lucky guess. It was insulting. And so, um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I cannot afford to have a severe drop in the value of my retirement. Um, it's an investment in my future. So that really opened my eyes, Mark, to this these these new devices or or this way of of looking at finances overall i thought it was an important thing and do i understand it for me to see no i don't you have been great about setting it you know expressing or talking about it in digestible chunks so to speak so that i can understand it and feel comfortable with it i would i like to participate in a 50 percent run-up in stocks yeah i wouldn't like to have would I also like to participate in a 50% run down or back off the market? Nope, 
can't afford that. I'm not 24 anymore. Right. So I think that has been key for me in terms of, of looking at these other devices as a way to safeguard and grow. It's a crazy story that the investment advisor gave you. He's like, Hey, you know, don't worry about it. I mean, talk about the fox guarding the chicken coop, you know, he, it's not his money, you know, and it's not his retirement. He's not going to have to be there when, when it's time for you to start pulling that money out in retirement. Uh, But the power of this flexible premium indexed annuity is that if the market should go up 10% this year, then you'll get some of that growth. You won't get all of it. Let's say you got Mm -hmm. 7%. You might get about 70% of whatever the index does. The S&P 500 index goes up by 10%. You might get, you know, six or 7%, let's say. So that feels okay, not great. Wouldn't it be nice to get 10%, all 10%? Sure. But what, Christian, what you've got now in your portfolio is if the market or the index drops by 10% or 50% or any number, then you have simply protected that money from any market losses. You have a zero that year. Thank goodness. Uh, you'll never lose a penny due to market corrections with this annuity ever again. Uh, that allows you to really sizably create a pool of money that builds and never goes down, but always goes up. And then at some point when you're ready to retire, let's say nine, 10 years from now, you flip a switch in the annuity and it just starts paying you a permanent income based on that accumulated fund of money as efficiently as it possibly can. More so than say a 401k could or a SEP IRA or, or a simple IRA, that sort of thing. It's just like what I do in real estate. The harder I work, generally the rewards are greater. Mm-hmm. So in terms of these devices, the more money I set aside, the more my pot grows and I don't have to rely on a broker or a financial advisor like that, who's paid for the size of his accounts. It, it, again, it takes away some of the capricious nature and the whims of the, of the stock market. And, and I, I have always been relying on me to earn a living. I have actually been worked on commission a good portion of my life now. And I like that. And I also like being, uh, relying on myself for setting aside paying my future self. It feels more comfortable. Great. You know, I kind of visualize you uh, as you're doing Profit First. And guys, if you don't know Profit First, look up the book Profit First. Uh, Several of our awesome associates, Brandon and Amanda Neely, uh, are Profit First professionals. Go check out their podcast at grandmaswealthwisdom.com. But I can kind of imagine you, Christian, uh, you're socking away. you, You look at your books at the end of the month. You've sold this house or that house, and you've got certain profits to set aside. And I can almost see you sort of like moving this money over to this annuity, certain amount of money. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a different amount each month, right? There's no requirement Mm -hmm. to put money into that annuity each month. It's totally optional. But I can imagine you just handing money over to this bucket over here, this annuity. And I want you to kind of visualize, guys, every time Christian puts money into this annuity, he's buying a few hundred bucks of income, of retirement income that he'll get later on a thousand bucks this month, another thousand bucks next month. And he's just packing money into that annuity that then generates for you, Christian, a, a, a guaranteed income stream that lasts as long as you live. I mean, it's a really neat way to do it. And I love how on commission, no one knows how to, you know, how, how well we'll do next month or next year. You've got the freedom to put in whatever you wish. I know a lot of people here might have Roth IRAs, 401ks. Those are pretty limited to what you can put in. For example, a Roth IRA, 
Christian, six or 7,000 bucks is about as much as you can put into a Roth. But with this item in your portfolio, you're able to pour in as little as like a hundred bucks a month if you want, or nothing if you needed to, or as much as a hundred grand a year. I mean, it's a very wonderfully generous, flexible uh, deal. Okay. So, so that's what we've done. You, you and I, and it's, it's really been you, it's your, your benefit. You're working for it out there. How do you do it? How do you save such a sizable portion of your income? What have you done to like live within your means? You've obviously learned some skills over the years. What are some of the principles you can teach all of us on how to not let your expenses exceed your income? Well, that is exactly the key is not allowing those expenses. Following the profit first model, I have a good handle on on what my business expenses are and they're controllable. We all have, as realtors, you have a certain number of expenses that are involved in things like dues, which are fixed and constant. But in real estate, there is a lot of money to be made. So there always are shiny new things here and they're nice things to, to purchase. So I follow very strictly the profit first model. And, and if my expenses grow to more than 30% of my income, then I cut back the expenses. And if I can earn more income, certainly, but I follow that ratio. And I have, through applying it to my business life, I've learned to also apply it to my personal life. And I have, um, I've gone through a personal change, but I'm, I'm actually looking, and you and I have discussed this, Mark, how could I winnow my, the share of my expenses that are devoted to living and how could I save more? My goal, I think I didn't, haven't shared this with you yet, but my goal for 2022 is to live off of 50%, that all my expenses are 50% and 50% is savings. Mm-hmm. A future goal, how cool would it be to live off of 20% but still live comfortably? Yeah. So I'm not going to be living in a, you know, in a forest in front of a campfire and, and only have, you know, three possessions. I don't have to live like that, but you know, do I, I'm able to find nice dress clothes at Salvation Army and Goodwill and combine outfits and save a ton Mm -hmm. of money. We have a place in town called Share House and it is, you know, youths out. I bought four plates, four coffee mugs and four larger plates for $7.72 and they're brand new. Amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, that might be a little bit extreme, but it's, it's just looking at, at paying my future self. How do I want to live in the future? And what do I really need now? And, and this is sort of a conglomeration of a lot of philosophies, some minimalism, some approaches to, to owning and possessing things. I, it's hard. I buy things that I really, truly want. I don't just go to Target and buy stuff. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm deliberate and thoughtful about that because there's an overall picture, a kind of 10,000 foot view of my finances. I want to live well. I like to go out and eat with friends and have experiences, but I don't need stuff, man. And I, I think Love it's it. that profit first, you know, applying that to personal life in some respects and having ratios. What do I need to take care of rent, my car payment, you know, food, what else do I want to do beyond that travel? What else do I want to do? Save. Christian, it's incredible that your, your goal is to save 50% of your net income and get to a point where you're able to save 80%. You're doing that while you are in control of your finances and your income. You're making a choice to do this. So um, what you're doing is you're choosing to remain in control of your decision-making process with what you're buying. 
now so that later in your life, since you've packed enough money into the annuity and other vehicles in later years, you can afford the you know, brand new clothing, if you wish, or the trip to Italy, if you wish, or whatever else you might want to do with it. It's the people who aren't saving now, they're going to be the ones who are dependent on their kids. Um, but you're making a choice today while you're in control to build what you can so that later on you can enjoy the life that you want. I mean, that's something to be applauded. 100%. I think it's your courage to be willing to think and your um, deliberateness for uh, reviewing what you need now and what you want in the future, thinking critically about the information you're being fed slash we're all being fed. Uh, I think that's just proof of your willing to to have critical thinking skills, which is sorely lacking, I think, in our world today. So thank you for that, Christian. Tell our listeners how folks can find more about you and you know, tell us how we can work with you if we have a real estate deal in your area and also your podcast. Oh, thank you. So uh, I have a website, christianwardhomes.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Christian Ward Homes, uh, Christian Ward Homes, and I have a podcast. And actually, I'm excited because I've twisted your arm, Mark. You're going to be a guest on my podcast. We're going to be talking later this month. I think you're going to be my first episode in the new year to talk to people about uh, challenges with money. So my podcast is called Interesting Humans. It is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher all the sites. I just, uh, just finished. I think I'm about to publish episode 30. So I have a lot, a lot of catching up to do to you, but it focuses on two things. It focuses on challenges that people face big C, little C, because I believe that while the, uh, the specific circumstances to our challenges are unique, there is some universality to everything that we, that we face. And if I could get 1% better at solving my, my challenges, what a great thing that would, that would be. So very cool. Well, Christian, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your wisdom that you've brought. I hope uh, for our audience, our revolutionary audience, that's uh, given them a picture of what's possible to continue to improve even just 1% a day. It's, it's just like profit first, you know, 1% every quarter improvements. If you can help it 1% a week, uh, 1% a day, whatever you can do to just improve your pace on the mile, uh, one mile at a time. So thank you, Christian, for your time today. My pleasure, Mark. It's been an honor. Well, thank you again, Christian, for coming on our show today and for bringing such wisdom and insight. I love the stories you had with money in your childhood, how it took you into adulthood, the things that you're learning even right now. And guys, one of the best parts of being a certified financial planner and a bank on yourself professional is I get to have these conversations like this all day long. I mean, it's like drinking from a fire hose of just incredible conversations, insights, ideas, and spirit-filled discussions. So uh, if you'd like to be a part of that in a regular way, join our membership site. Christian's a member on there, and you can be too. Go to notyouraverage.mn.co and get to know Christian directly. You can meet him there and say hello. I also want to wrap up this episode with a listener shout out. This is a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Chris Pre gives us five stars. So thank you, Chris Pre. He says, outstanding. Mark brings quality guests with real-life experience. Candid, authentic, high quality, a must subscribe. So thank you, Chris. Boy, what a great compliment. And I'll try my best to live up to your five-star review. I appreciate it. And guys, um, if you'd like to leave us a five-star review, we would not complain. In fact, you might even get a chance to hear me read your five-star review as a listener shout out on these episodes. 
And as I've mentioned before, we have an open offer. If you share an episode, like literally hit the share button on your podcast app and send it to a friend, take a screenshot of you doing that, we'll send you a free copy of the book of your choice from our library. Many books uh, that have changed the lives of many people are waiting for you on our shelves. So hit that share button and send it directly to a friend. That's another episode in the books. So thank you for joining me this week for Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.